Engaging Leader Podcast, Episode 146. Three ways to optimize your energy and culture in the moment of truth. Featuring Anise Kavanaugh. Brought to you by Aspendale Communications and by FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. Leadership inspire trust, passion, and action. Welcome to the Engaging Leader Podcast with Jesse Leahy, consultant, writer, and speaker. Jesse has helped executives engage hundreds of thousands of people. Join us now for principles to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Welcome to the show, Engagers. Culture eats strategy for breakfast. You've probably heard that quote from Peter Drucker. It's a great reminder in the world where leaders, business leaders, spend so much time coming up with strategic plans that it's actually the culture that you, that you cultivate and how people work together and how you lead them that makes the dif- biggest difference in the success of your organization. Now, many leaders and inspiring leaders think their skills and strategies are what create impact and that perks and parties are what create culture. But in reality... A much larger part is created by the leader's energy in every moment of truth. What do I mean by moments of truth? Well, when you kick off a meeting or a conference call or when a problem occurs or when you're asking the team to come up with a breakthrough in a short period of time, it's moments like those when your energy shapes the culture of your organization. And if your energy is consistently and authentically optimized for the moment, you'll create the impact and culture you're hoping for. I recently read a book that does a great job providing an overall framework for creating an organizational culture that thrives. And it starts with how the leader cultivates his or her own energetic presence. And I realized the author of that book would be a great guest for a show on how to optimize your energy and culture in those moments of truth. Anise Kavanaugh is the author of Contagious Culture, Show up, set the tone, and intentionally create an organization that thrives. Anise provides workshops, training, and coaching, and she's worked with companies like IDEO, Zingerman's, Cooper, Fitbit, Nike, and others to strengthen team health, maximize leadership impact, and optimize company culture. In addition to appearing in publications like Harvard Business Review, The Huffington Post, CEO.com, and The New York Times, Anise writes regularly for Inc.com, in her column, Showing Up. And today we'll talk about, talk about how to optimize your, your energy, including three steps to reboot your presence in 30 seconds or less as you head into your next moment of truth. Anise Kavanaugh, welcome to The Engaging Leader. Hey, Jesse. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's terrific to have you on board here. Uh, I invited you because I've been was so excited about your book and the work you've done with some organizations that I personally admire, IDEO and Zingerman's, one of my favorite delis yeah. and businesses in, in Ann Arbor, Michigan. <laughs> so we were chatting before we hit the record button on, on the work that you've been doing there. Uh, and you, Zingerman's is known as being a very energetic organization, as is IDEO. And yet Mm -hmm. both those organizations and many others brought you in to help bring additional leadership or or help them uh, create their culture in a way that uh, optimizes leadership throughout the organization in a very intentional way. How did you, what's the first thing you do when you uh, go, go into an organization like that? Oh, great. Well, you bring up a really important point, one which is, you said the word optimization. So, 
there's, I look at companies in two companies and cultures. I always see them in two different ways and people and humans. Like we all have this going on in our lives too. Right. So when I, so just to really like set it up, right. Like with culture, when I think of culture, I'm not, I'm not just talking about the culture in your organization. I'm also talking about your culture and your family, your culture with your friends, a culture in our heads, you know, the crazy culture we have in our heads. Um, but when I look at organizations, I look at them either as they're in triage mode or they're in optimization mode. And I talk about that in the book and triage mode means they're in a lot of pain. There's a lot of turnover, like the culture, just people don't feel great working there. Optimization, you know, IDEO, Zingerman's, a couple of the companies I talk about in the book, they were really all about optimization. So part of the work that we're part of the intention for the work in going into companies like that and working with their leaders is helping them become even more in tune, present, aware, you know, so that they not only are able to have more of the impact that they want to have, but they also do it in a way that their own personal energy is sustainable. You know, I, um, I talk about in the book, the leadership trifecta and you remember, so there's, there's leaders that are really great at creating impact, mm -hmm. um, but they're totally burnt out and exhausted. You know, but they create great impact. It's, you know, you know, their relationships are falling apart. Their health's falling apart. Then there's leaders who their self-care is amazing. You know, they work nine to five and their chakras all in alignment, <laughs> but they're not great at creating impact. And that's not sustainable or effective either. And then there's the leaders who are great at creating impact and the self-care, but they're not great at meeting people where they're at and bringing them with them. You know, and in worst case, you know, we talk about they're leaving dead bodies behind because they create the results, but it's at the expense of other people. So when I go in, you know, your question, when I go in, what am I looking for? I'm kind of looking to see, are you in optimization? Are you in triage? You might have a little bit of triage points. Cool. If we, if, if there's enough desire for optimization, we can get those handled quickly. And then how is everybody in your organization showing up? So you're creating the culture you actually want to have. Now, the framework that your book is based on and your work is based on is, is IEP. Can you explain that to us? Absolutely. Yeah. So IEP stands for intentional energetic presence. And basically, Jesse, it is, it's super simple. It's just about how we show up in the world. And so if you take those three words together, I, I break it into two different things. One is my intentional energetic presence is what I am intentionally bringing to every interaction to, you know, my interaction here with you, with clients, with my kids, like whatever. It's just what is my energetic presence and how intentional am I about it? Well, that's a superpower I think we all have, you know, we just forget. And then the other way I look at the IEP work is if you break those three words down, there's intention, you know, what you want to have happen. There's energy, which is what is the energy you're bringing to the table? And, and this is in my mind is one of the most important components of this work. How are you taking care of yourself so that you have the energy and the stamina to get out there and do the work that we're supposed to do? And then the third piece is the presence, which basically is, you know, how are you showing up? How present are you to the people you're working with? How present are you to the quality of your culture right now, to the quality of your life? You know, so it's a pretty holistic approach and way of looking at leadership. But I have found that it's one of those things that if I can get people focused there, all the other skills and the strategies and the cultural initiatives and everything, they just become that much easier because you have a culture now of people intentionally showing up. Yeah, as I was, after I finished the book and was preparing for our discussion, I, I thought about yeah. how the book takes this framework and does a nice job of step-by-step -step in terms of you, what you can do as a leader all the way through what you can do organizationally to yeah. improve the culture. But so much of it comes down to what happens in the moment of truth as the leader yeah. in any given moment of time. Is that true? Yeah. That really is a, a big part of your work? 
Yeah, I, I, I love it. I love that you're articulating it that way because this this thing about moment of truth. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, really, if you think about that, and everyone listening, we we have these moments every moment of our life. We've got an opportunity to show up and be present or not. We have the opportunity as a leader, if I'm walking in to lead a meeting and let's just say my energy feels low or I'm in a bad mood or I just don't feel like or whatever, there's a moment of truth there where I have to decide, am I going to show up? And what I found is that the more I do my work around the IEP work and the more I build my foundation and I do some of the core components, the easier it is for me to make that decision in a really healthy way. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's this thing about you know, our, our personal integrity. A lot of the work also is coming back to personal integrity and your, your own level of accountability. And you know, nobody can take that away from you. And so I'll have a lot of people come to me and they want to work on culture. They want to work on increasing their leadership confidence or their leadership presence. And they're looking externally, you know, they, they're looking to the feedback they're getting, they're looking to the results, they're looking to what people think about them. And that can all be really useful feedback. But really, the place where confidence gets built is in that moment of truth. And when we're deciding, am I going to honor myself? Am I going to show up? Am I going to be present here? Am I going to be in integrity with myself? And that that actually is where the leadership and the confidence gets built, in my experience. Yeah. So if yeah. you think about some of those moments of truth that happen in our in our day-to-day work as a leader or as an aspiring leader or as a parent, and yeah. those times when you're going to have an impact on somebody or you have a, the potential to have an impact. You're walking into a meeting and you're already maybe tired out from the four meetings you already had earlier today. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yes. You, you've got, um, I think, three primary things in IEP that are important things to think through or to, or go through yeah. in, in, in approaching any of those moments of truth. Can you help us understand those? Absolutely. So there's three components of the IEP methodology. The first component is the ability to reboot your presence in the moment. So this, this one to me, this is something it's happening over and over and over again. Even you and I sitting here talking, I guarantee you, we've both, you know, like checked out into our mind thinking, where do we want to go next? And then we're back to presence. So that's, you know, it's, it's impossible. People think that the goal is to be present all the time. That's impossible. Hmm. Like don't just, just anybody that has that made up, like just let it go. It's impossible. So the goal is to be able to have self-awareness around that and then be able to reboot so that you can show up as present and powerfully as possible. So that's the number one thing, and I'm happy to take you through the reboot, but that's the first thing. The second component of the methodology is the ability to create intentional impact. So, you know, we walk around, we're, we're having impact all the time, you know, negative or positive or just beige. It's, we're always having impact. And so the more intentional I can be about what I want to create, you know, and there's a five-step framework then the more likely it is that I'm going to set myself up energetically, the, the, my communication, the, the, the things, the actual actions I have to do, those are gonna help me create those outcomes more effective. It doesn't always work out perfectly, but I am way more set up for success if I do that. So that's the number two thing, and that's happening before any conversation, you know, conversation with your kids. I have a 16-year-old that just started driving. I am like working my five steps over and over and yes. over again. You know? <laughs> um, so, you know, it's like, looking at any conversation, any project, any meeting, anything, even before getting on the call with you thinking, okay, what is the impact I want to have here? What outcomes do I want for you and for your audience? And as soon as we set that up and are just aware and intentional about it, it changes the game. And it also can change the conversation with the team. So that's the second piece. And then the third piece is 
something that's happening in every single moment, which is building a strong IEP foundation. And this to me, if you know your, your listeners can go, they can get the book. There's a ton of information there, as you, as you know, we were t- laughing about earlier. Um, but they can also get tools and resources on our site that we just give away to, to get people started. But the, the foundation, in my mind, comes down to how we take care of ourselves. Um, you know, there's, there's four different quadrants. There's like a physical and environmental energy, which is literally what is the food I put in my body? What does my environment look like and feel like? Is it setting me up for success? There's that piece. There's the mental and emotional aspect of self-care, you know, and the stories I tell myself, the assumptions I'm making, you know, just how, how kind I am to myself. That's a really big one I'm seeing lately with people is we're so doggone mean to ourselves sometimes, you know, and it's, (laughs) it's exhausting. And it's so unnecessary, you know, so there's an actual, when we do this work and we do the workshops, we actually spend time on getting into that second quadrant and really looking at what is the language you're using and how is that totally serving you and lighting you up or exhausting you and you don't even know it, you know. And then the uh, third quadrant is around the vibrational presence, which is basically what's the vibe I bring into a room, you know, and and this boils down to everything. It's, It's my facial expressions. It's the intention I have for the people that I'm talking to. It's, you know, with you and I, it's what's my intent? How present am I here? What am I emitting, you know? And then the fourth piece is just the relational component, which we really want to look at that and pay attention to who are we surrounding ourselves with? How are we showing up in relationship? You know, what, um, where, where are we, you know, people, it's so easy. And and I know you see this in your work, I'm sure, but you know, we walk around and if something's not working in a relationship or with our team or our culture, it's so easy to point the finger out and go, well, they, gosh, if they were just better at this or they need to change or, you know, when I point my finger out, I've got three fingers pointing back at me, which upsets a lot of people when I tell them that. But I think that's really liberating because there's some way that I'm contributing to that relationship dynamic. And if I can get curious and address it, then my relational energy amplifies. So it's the, the, what I find is the stronger we are at addressing those four quadrants and really you know, being clear about, you know, there's another component called the essential you, which is in the center of the model. Like the stronger we are with our essential you and what our core values are and what integrity means for us. And then we actually set ourselves up physically and emotionally and vibrationally to, to do that, then the easier it is to do those reboots and to keep showing up over and over again. So those are the three components, a very long answer to your three components, but I, I actually got a lot in there. <laughs> yeah. So, let, okay, let me just uh, repeat yeah. back to you briefly. So Good. first of all is an ability to reboot so that when you realize you're about to enter into one of those moments of truth, you're going to be fully you. You're not like a computer that has too many windows open and, and uh, right. no random access memory and so forth. You're ready. You're ready. You're there. And you're not still, because what happens is we go from meeting to meeting. So if I'm here with you, but I'm still thinking about what just happened 15 minutes ago, I'm not here and you're going to feel it. Yes. And as a leader, your people are going to feel that. And then you lose your credibility. And then you think they're bad because they don't trust you. No, they're, they're not trusting you because you're not present. So that ability to reboot is essential in building trust. And and also for ourselves, you know, because it's not just about my impact on everybody else. It's also, it's to me, it's equally important then my impact on others is really great, but my impact on myself has to be awesome too, because that makes this sustainable and I can do more. Yeah. So you're right. So number one, you got it done. The reboot. Number two is to have an intentional uh, frame of mind for the impact that you want to have. Just be aware that this is a moment of truth and what do I hope to accomplish? What's, what's the impact? And sometimes that may just, you maybe it doesn't mean you got to control every situation. You may be, it may be a time for you to be quiet in this moment, but what is the, impact that you want to accomplish. 
What's yeah, exactly. What's the impact? And, and and you bring up a really good point because a lot of times people think that when they go into a meeting in order to show up well and have good impact, they've got to say something, they've got to contribute their wisdom, they've got to look brilliant. And actually, that can be a really negative impact if you're not doing it for the right reasons. And so again, that's why the presence reboot and the foundational, like building the strong foundation is so important because if I'm really present in a room and I'm paying attention to the energy of the people, what's happening, what's not being said, I will more intuitively know what is needed from me. So that might be that I'm going to say something brilliant, you know, or something really, really dumb. Either is fine. (laughs) Um, Seriously, like either one of those is going to work, right? I'm going to intuitively listen to that. And then if I say something really dumb and off, then I'll figure it out, clean it up. And now we have a different conversation. But the other, the other side of that is that the way that I might be able to be the most in service of that room is to be silent and to hold space and to just be a really positive force in that room. And sometimes, you know, I've, I've had some of my clients who they're like, oh my gosh, I barely said a word in that meeting. And then the feedback I got afterwards was it was so powerful to have me in that meeting. And how is that possible? Like, <laughs> I didn't say anything. The whole time I'm thinking I'm not contributing enough. But I'm like, well, actually, your presence is your impact. So... If you're present, you're going to know how to do that. So that's the, um, the only thing I would add to build, to build on that for you is it's intentional impact, but there's also a five-step framework. So if you and your listeners can get this in the book and they can also get, I'll give you a link for people to download goodies at, but there's um, five steps. So before you go in, you're looking at what are the outcomes that I want to have? You know, what do I want to have happen because of this conversation? The emotional impact is step two. How do I want them to feel? And this is gold, you know, getting intentional about what is the emotional impact I want to have on another human being doesn't guarantee I'm going to have it, but it sets me up to be more effective. And it's probably going to be more likely that that happens. Um, The third step is how will I have to show up? You know, so what's my presence going to have to be in order to create those outcomes and that impact? The fourth piece I find is the most tricky for people, which is what am I going to have to believe? Right. So for example, if, if, if I come on your show and, you know, I've done all my outcomes, my emotional impact and how am I going to have to show up? And then I get to my beliefs and I'm like, well, I'm going to have to believe that, you know, uh, Jesse wants me on a show and that this is going to be helpful information. But if I don't actually believe that there's going to be a way that that is going to show up in our conversation sure. and your people, you're going to feel it, you know? Mm-hmm. So the beliefs thing is really, really important to look at. What is it that I'm believing when I'm giving my employee feedback? When I'm talking to my child, when I'm talking to my partner, like what is it I'm believing about them, about us, about this? And if I can be honest with myself about that, then that helps me start to find beliefs that are going to actually serve me in that conversation. So that's the beliefs part is important. And then the fifth thing is just what most people want to jump to, which is the actions. What actions will you actually have to take to make that thing happen? So there's your, your, yeah. You use the phrase in service of, which comes up a lot in the book. Uh, and so it's, which I think is important. So when we're thinking about and planning the impact that we want to have, we need to be careful that we're not just, it's not just all about us. It's what's, what's in service of the people, the customers or or whatever is appropriate in the moment. Sometimes that is us, but, uh, that I think that's a good, a good perspective to keep in mind. I, I, you know what? I think I love it that you just brought that up. Um, to me, that is the shortcut to impact. And it's also the shortcut to getting out of our way, out of our own way. Um, it's, uh, it's a really good ego obliterator, you know, because if I 
if I, if I am really, you know, and here's the thing we have to part of, part of this work, Jesse is like, we have to be honest with ourselves about our intentions and where we're coming from. And then at the same time, not make ourselves wrong for them. You know? So for example, if I'm doing something like let's your show, if I'm doing your show because I'm in service of me and like my ego is going to be inflated. Cause like, Oh cool. I'm on a show. Like whatever is <laughs> not cool. And the thing is, it's actually going to be really painful for me because I'm going to be more concerned about looking good and whatever's going to come from it than I am about actually being in service of you and your listeners. And so for me, that in service of is the thing that anytime I'm like lost on what needs to happen next, or what do I want to say here, or a, a really difficult conversation. I see this happen all the time. A team has to have a really difficult conversation. And the leader that's going in is they're caught up in ego. They want to look good. They're, maybe they're blaming a little bit, like the team's not showing up the way they want them to. You know, blame, looking good, and having to be right. Those three things will kill you, like instantly. So if you can't, if that leader can go, all right, what's going to be most in service of my team? What's going to be most in service of the, of the organization? Like, what is the conversation that is going to be most in service of us going to the next level together, even if it's messy for a while? If, we can, if I can look there, all of a sudden my ego, like, it's not in service of me anymore. And I have, it builds a little bit more courage to get in there and say the thing that's going to serve the group the most. Does that make yeah, sense? That's, yeah, that's well said. So... So for, you know, and, and here's I guess the last thing I'll just say about that is anytime you, me, anybody listening to this gets in a thing where you're like feeling like, you know, it's all about you or you're really worried about if you're going to get yours or if you're looking good or whatever, or you know, anytime you get here, anytime you get stuck, take a deep breath, reboot and think about what would be most in service of the situation here. Yeah. And that is going to give you a whole new, it's going to give you access to a whole new area of wisdom. The other thing is, is that I also need to keep in mind at the same time, what's in service of me in terms of self-care, in terms of, you know, am I going to, you know, am I going to travel for 80 days in a row because it's in service of other people? Um, no, I'm not because it's <laughs> actually going to burn me out. So I have to, so there, there's a dance and that's why we have the leadership trifecta of really looking at you know, you got to take care of yourself so that you can be out there killing it in the world. Yeah. That yeah. And the third component, uh, energy, the vibrational energy is really all about um, creating both the self-care as well as the environment for you and for the team so that there is the proper ener energy going on in your leadership and in the, the leadership of the, of the group. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that third component is just it's building the healthy foundation. So and you're doing and here's the fun thing like now anybody that's listening to this now, you know, <laughs> you have no excuse. You, you are you are responsible. I believe full heartedly we are all responsible for keeping our vibration high, for taking care of ourselves and for the impact that we have. We are fully responsible. Nobody else can do that. Nobody else can do it for me. So the the IEP foundational component like building and really looking at those four quadrants that is designed to give people the tools and the resources and the awareness to keep amplifying their own energetic field so they can get out there and they can lead more effectively. Um, and what's really beautiful about that is, you know, the world, there's a lot going on in the world right now. It's like, there's, you know, we need our resiliency. We need our leadership. We need our strength. And so the better I take care of myself, the more resilient I'm going to be when stuff happens because stuff happens and it sucks. So it's my yeah. responsibility as leader to take care of myself so I'm as resilient as possible, even though I might be in the fetal position, you know, sucking my thumb because something horrible just happened, <laughs> you know? 
Hey, Engagers. We'll get back to the show in a few seconds, but I want to tell you a little story about FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. A while back, I was meeting with a longtime client to plan some workforce communications for a big change their company was making. At a break in the meeting, he told me that his company was formulating their budgets for the coming year, and he wondered if I had a rough idea of how much our firm, Aspendale, had charged them over the past few years for our consulting. I told him I could do better than just a rough idea. I whipped out my laptop, connected to the internet, and in less than a minute, pulled a summary report. He was very impressed that our system was so fast, simple, and powerful. FreshBooks makes it easy to provide great service to our clients. Our team uses it to keep track of our billable time, record expenses, send professional-looking invoices by email or paper, and keep track of invoices that still need to be paid. And guess what? FreshBooks is offering a month of unrestricted use to our listeners totally free right now, and you don't need a credit card for the trial. To claim your free month, go to freshbooks.com forward slash leader and enter engaging leader in the section that says, how did you hear about us? You know, you said not only, no one can do that for you. Not only that, uh, nobody wants to do it for you no nobody in the short term I mean, everybody wants their leader to be full of energy have, have positive energy and everybody wants to be in a culture that is healthy and energetic but in the in the short term everyone is always going to be pushing your boundaries trying to get you to respond to this email at, at 11 30 at night uh <laughs> hey let's go grab let's go get a few drinks late night cocktails uh even though you know from experience that that's going right. to cause you to have low energy tomorrow. Everyone wants you to come to the party and eat crappy food and bring out right. donuts and cake every single day. And I was just at a meeting. Uh, it was a, a day and a half meeting. And every meal was was uh, processed, high, highly processed carbs and sugars and every snack. You know, the, the best they had was fruit. But, but still, it was like fruit and rolls and chocolates all the time. Never any yeah. protein. So it was like... Right. And you expect people to pay attention and, and be right. in a good mood the whole time. It's amazing. Right. It, 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 you're, hitting, you're hitting all my hot <laughs> buttons. I mean, that's the, the thing with that is that I would imagine, I don't know this to be true. I don't know who these people were, but I would imagine, at least what I've seen in that, is that that's what they're feeding people. Or they're doing big pasta dishes at lunch. And then yeah. they think their people are tired and lazy after lunch because they're not present. And yeah. it's like, okay, wait a second. got to look. That's part of you know, with the, with the, those four quadrants, those also apply to you as a team, you know? And so I'm actually going to Sedona on Sunday this week and, oh. um, I'm going to lead a retreat out there. We've got a huge leadership summit coming. We've got people coming in from all over and I have been vigilant about what is the food that's being served? What is the environment? I mean, Sedona, like you, you, you know, Gorgeous. environment done, yeah, check, right, you know, right. but what, what is the food? How are we feeding people? Because if you want your people to perform best, if you personally want to perform at your best, it's up to you to decide like what you're going to put in your body. So I, I personally, Jesse, like people think I'm the biggest dork, but I have a bag that I, and I always have emergency food in my bag and I have, yeah. I'm not kidding. I have avocado, macadamia nuts and smoked oysters. Cause I like those. Wow. I know most people don't, <laughs> but I really like them. So, or sardines, I'll bring sardines. So if I'm traveling, <laughs> if I'm offsite, if I'm not where I know I'm going to be able to control my food, I have yeah. that so that. If I'm in an environment where it's pastries and rolls and like a bunch of processed stuff, I'm at choice. Yeah. You know, and if I choose to eat a donut, because donuts are yummy, if I choose to eat a donut, then I just want to be aware of how is that going to impact my ability to be present. You know, I can still do my job, but it's going to probably be harder. And so it's the invitation is to really start to notice 
how are you setting yourself up for success with what you put in your body, with who you hang out with, with the way that you think about things. And then if you take that bigger into a team environment, really start to get curious, like, hey, are we setting ourselves up for success with the way that we're expecting each other to respond to email at two o'clock in the morning? Uh, mm -hmm. No, probably <laughs> not. So, but that, but that's a team conversation because some yeah. teams would be like, oh my gosh, no, I love it that we can email at two o'clock in the morning. So I'm not here to tell you like, do this, don't do this, do this, don't do this. I am here to invite you to look at are, is the way that you're working together as a team, is it supporting the kind of culture and results that you really want to create? Yeah. And if not, cool, just start shifting it. What's a little thing you can do to shift it? Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Well, I'd like to talk a bit about the reboot process. You've mentioned a few okay. times, and um, I, it was one of my favorite parts of the book. And I okay. was thinking about how when we started uh, our discussion today, before we hit the record button, I had to contact <laughs> you and say, uh, Anise, I'm, I'm running, I'm going to be like maybe five minutes late because we got a problem <laughs> with the recording and, and uh, the recording equipment. And I'm thinking, you know, I know from reading her book, she's on time. She's, she's going to be on time. She's going to be perky and energetic and totally ready. And I just blew my first impression with her because Aww. I'm going to be late. But I, and I thought I'm going to, you know, I'm either going to be late or I'm going to be distracted because when I, I know if I call her and we don't have it working correctly, I'm going to be fiddling with that kind of stuff. So I took the five minutes. But anyway, so what do you do when you're in that kind of situation that you realize, okay, I'm not walking into an ideal situation here, but yeah. yet it's, it's an important moment? Okay, great. So I'm going to give you the reboot. But before I do that, I want to make two points. First, here, here, I thought nothing of it. Just so you know, you did not blow your first impression. Here, here's, it, but here's the thing. This is life. And so this is actually it's a really good um, sharing moment because as a leader, that's going to happen with people on your team all the time. People are going to be late. Technical difficulties are going to, they can't get in the Google Hangout, like whatever. You know, preferably you guys are like trying to set it up so that that doesn't happen, but it's going to happen. So you have a choice as a leader in that moment when you said, Anise, I'm running late or, you know, whatever's happening with the recording. I had a choice. There was that moment of truth. Choice. Oh, gosh, <laughs> he's going to be five minutes late. I can't believe this guy. I could go there. And I and, and if you feel into the energy of that, that is exhausting. Like even me pretending to say that, <laughs> I feel myself get tired, right? So I feel there's a contraction. That's that's what you're looking for. You're looking for is it contractive or expansive? So that, that would have been a choice. Instead, what I chose to do is go, oh, awesome. I have five extra minutes to reboot and to get present for this and to just kind of like enjoy my coffee right now. And everything happens for a reason. He's going to get here when he gets here. We're going to have a great conversation. And so you as we have a choice in every moment, you know, even when like bad stuff happens, like we have a choice. Do I want to go negative and just like climb on the doom board or do I want to find the gift in it. You know, I'm stuck in traffic and I'm miserable at tra bad traffic and now I'm late. Well, I have no control over it. What do I want to learn from this? Well, next time I'm going to leave an hour earlier or whatever. And, oh gosh, I can listen to a podcast. So it's just, there's choices. So that's one mm -hmm. thing I want to say. The other thing I want to say is just to be really clear for your listeners, the IEP work, it's not, you know, you said, I'm going to get on the call and be really perky. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm perky. I, you know, that's, that's my natural energetic state. I mean, I take care of myself. So I have that energy, but I want to be clear this. It's not about wanting everybody to be out there being perky and cheerleaders and all that. It's about being in resonance with your own energy and, and really paying attention to, is it authentic and does it serve? You know, because somebody who's not naturally perky, like somebody who's different from me could go into a room, try and be me or try and be perky and like, hey there, hi there. And they're going to completely, <laughs> completely blow it. 
You know, just like if I were to go in and try and be really serious and stern and everything, I have range. I can be serious. I can hold serious space. But if it's not authentic or what's needed in the moment, then I'm going to blow it. And so to me, the shortcut is kind of meeting the room, meeting your person, meeting whatever, where it's at. And, you know, because I could come in and be really perky and completely blow this with you if we were talking about something really, really serious. So being present and grounded before we talk about this and having those extra five minutes allows me to just show up in a way that's authentic. Mm. And I'm not thinking, oh, am I being perky? Oh, am I doing this? Am I doing that? You know what I mean? Right. So just for your audience, like really, um, it's, it's your authentic, clean, grounded energy. And if that means you're high energy and it's what the room needs or what the conversation needs, awesome. And if it means you're totally silent and you're holding space, awesome. I mean, you can even go in you know, um, organizations, uh, business leaders will often ask me, well, what if there's something really bad happening in the company? Am I supposed to, you know, I feel like I got to pretend like everything's great. That's one of the biggest leadership fails you can do because one, it's inauthentic and it's, it's like, it's not fair. So can you go in as leader, be really present with your people, talk about what's happening, you know, not lose your stuff in front of them and, and have a total meltdown, but talk about like naming, Hey, what we're going through right now, is really hard. It's scary. I'm with you guys. We're committed to figuring this out. And so it's just, it's really paying attention to what is the, what, what is your energy that you're bringing to everything? Okay. Yeah. Makes so, sense. um, all right. So the reboot is this basically you, the first step is you just get present. So you just, you check in with your breath. We can just do it right now. Anybody listening, even if you're driving, you can do this. You're not, don't, nobody close their eyes. Like we don't have to close our eyes. Just, like, we're good. But you know, the reboot is just this. You just notice how present am I right now? How do I feel? You know, am I still in my last meeting? Am I in a state of judgment? Am I exhausted? You know, like whatever, just how do I feel? And then the second step is, you know, as I'm coming into this meeting, the second step is, okay, well, how do I want to feel? And how do I want to show up? So I notice my presence now, and then I notice, well, if it's not what I want it to be, what would I like it to look like and feel like instead? And it, it, there's nothing I have to do. It's just imagining it and connecting to that feeling. And then what's going to happen is once I'm connected to that feeling, I'm going to look at the gap. So step one, here's where I am. Hmm. Two, here's where I want to be. In that gap, what do I actually need to do right now to take care of myself? So it might be, oh, I need some water. I need to use the bathroom real quick. Um, I need to breathe. You know, it might be, wow, my posture's really bad. I need to just kind of drop in a little bit. It could be, wow, I'm in a really big state of judgment or fear. What's another state that would serve me here? You know, so for me, if I'm in judgment or fear, I will shift into curiosity and love. (laughs) Like, what can Mm -hmm. I love about this? Mm -hmm. And so so it's just noticing, like, what is it you need? Um, A lot of times, you know, sometimes we have the ability to go and, use the bathroom or lay down or do whatever we need to do. A lot of times we don't, we're going into like lead that meeting. We're walking onto stage and we just have to do whatever it is to just decide to step into it. So one, see where you're at Two, envision where you want to be three, take care of yourself. And then the fourth step is my favorite where you just become it. You just step in and become it. And we can all do this right now. Like Jesse, if you, you know, if I want to have a different kind of presence, if I want to show up differently right now, I can do it. I don't have to go take a walk. I don't have to hike. I don't have to take a sabbatical. I don't have to go meditate. All of that would be awesome and lovely. But in this moment, that's that moment of truth. I get to decide to step in. And so the fifth step is just rinsing and repeating and doing that over and over and over again in service of you, in service of them, in service of whatever whatever is up. So I like that it's a practice that you're doing mm-hmm. in each of those moments. 
And uh, and I also like that this is just one of the three things uh, that that we talked about, and, and the others being the the intention of the moment and the energy. Because you can, if if I if I'm in the state of like, let's say heavy travel schedule, and I've totally overbooked myself, and I've got back to back meetings all yeah. day. I mean, I can reboot at the start of each of those meetings and get myself into that moment, but uh, that's not going to work long term. I really do need right. to manage the self care and 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 my energy. Completely. Uh, but it is a. I I can see why doing that reboot at the start of each moment like that, and it's it's a great would be a great practice not only to reboot you then, but to just help you be more self aware of of the these factors. Yeah. Completely. I mean, I think about that, the building the strong IEP foundation and the self-care component. To me, that's actually the most important piece because the more I do that and the more I take accountability for how I'm taking care of myself. So, you know, so for example, if I'm booking myself back to back to back to back to back, I'm not eating, I'm not exercising, I'm not, that's, that's on me. That's on me. That's, that's, that's somewhere where I need to make a decision. Am I important enough to take care of myself so that one, I feel really good, but two, guess what? I'm going to be a lot better with the people I'm out there serving. So, you know, that building that strong foundation, the more you do that, the stronger you create the, you know, your, you build your own energetic field, the easier it's going to be for me to reboot when something happens and, and to handle those days when that happens because life happens. And sometimes those days, they, they can't be avoided. You know, or or traveling. Oh my gosh, never yeah. a better. You know, I, I last uh, November I spent a night overnight at the Denver airport. <laughs> Everyone was so mad. I, I had a choice. You know, I could go like I mean, literally, a guy threw his suitcase against the wall, and uh, I was like, "Wow, <laughs> there's a choice point." So I went, yeah. "Oh gosh, you know what? I could just spend a night in the Denver airport. <laughs> I'm going to turn this into a case study, and I want to look at how IEP is showing up everywhere." And it was, I mean, I'm not saying I loved sleeping under a bench, but you know, it was, it was, it was a good, it was a different experience because I chose to make it a different experience. So, and that wouldn't have been possible if I didn't have, I think of it as like energetic currency, energetic, you know, uh, currency in the bank where I'd been building up my field and building up my field. So that when that happened, I have no control over it. I, you know, I can't control the weather. So when that happened, I was better able to kind of roll with it. And then the next day when I got home and everything, it's like, I am not completely depleted from it. And then, but then I had to also make a commitment to myself that when I get home, I'm going to, I'm going to shower. I'm going to like <laughs> take a nap, you know, I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to eat a lot of vegetables or whatever it is. So it's, it's on us. That's that to me, that's like the most important piece of all this is, is do you choose to show up? That's yeah. It. Yeah. It's the show up and be in service of our two really big themes of the whole book. Yeah, it is. I know it's true. <laughs> Yeah, because we, we do. We set the tone. Mm-hmm. We've been talking to Anise Kavanaugh. She's the author of Contagious Culture, Show Up, Set the Tone, and Intentionally Create an Organization that Thrives. Anise, where can people find out about you and follow you and stay stay up with sure. the work that you're doing? Yeah, um, absolutely. So if you I'm, and, uh, you guys can put this all in the show notes, but AniseKavanaugh.com, you'll find me there. I'm, I'm If you Google it, I'm I'm out there a lot. Uh, all of my Twitter, Instagram, like everything is under Anise Kavanaugh. We just made it really, really creative. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other place, you know, you can get the book in a lot of different places. It's really, you know, that's on it's, it's everywhere. So you can get the book. The other thing is that if you go to IEP.io, 
that is a little secret site that we have that mm. will get you hooked up where you can get, you sign in for it and then you get access to a lot of different tools. So we have a virtual presence kit there, especially for companies that do a lot of stuff virtually and their teams are all over the place. Mine is one of those. Um, so we have virtual presence kits. We have an actual IEP sheet that we just created that I'm so excited about because it's it's got the entire methodology on one page. And if you do this one page, even if you just do it once a day, it's a game. I, I find it's a game changer. So, and that's the feedback we're getting. So there's a lot of stuff. So if they go IEP.io, sign up there. You're going to get a bunch of good stuff. Anisecavanaugh.com. You can find like more interviews, all that stuff. We've got an event coming up at the end of October, um, the 25th and the 26th, which is going to be in Sacramento. So that's where people get to come and dig in deep. Um, and we do about two of those a year. We've just started stewardship, which is basically our version of train the trainer where you're able to learn how to teach the core three-hour fundamentals course and then bring that back to your organization. So if you just check out the website, you'll find we're not lacking opportunities <laughs> or content ever. Lots of good stuff. And we'll, we'll definitely put uh, links to all those on our show notes. Wonderful. Oh, you know what else? You know what I was going to tell you, Jesse? Also, I write a column on Inc.com um, called Showing Up. And there's actually, you know, in this conversation, there's actually a couple things. So there's an article on there called like, is that hot dog worth your next promotion? <laughs> which mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that one, I but did. it's basically yeah. talking about what we're, you know, what we're saying here is like, you know, is, is what you're eating, is it worth it? So anyway, they can find me there too. Yeah. Oh, that was, I did read that one. That was a good story to share. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, terrific. Right. We've been talking to Anise Cavanaugh. Anise, thank you for joining us on Engaging Leader. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. All right, Engagers, that wraps up this episode. We'll provide the information and links that Anise mentioned on our show notes for this episode, which you can find on our website at engagingleader.com forward slash 146 as in episode 146. Thank you for, to our sponsor, FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. Remember, you can claim a free month if you go to freshbooks.com forward slash leader and enter engaging leader in the section that says, how did you hear about us? This is a production of Aspinel Communications, a consulting firm that specializes in workforce communications. My colleagues and I partner with mid-sides and large employers to attract top talent, engage employees, and deliver superior business results. In several areas, including talent management, workforce health engagement, benefits and compensation, business transformation, and more, find us at AspendaleCommunications.com. Our thanks to Monica Harrison, our producer, Tom Hitchcock, our programming director, James Marler, our sound engineer, Cecily Leahy, our web intern, Rick Tarrant, our announcer, and Max Brody, who composed our theme music. Until next time, remember, in the 21st century, the real movers and shakers aren't just leaders, they're engagers. 